0: Like so maybe you need to tell degrees. your car how
1: important you are before you get in, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: and it will decide for you. It, it will rate you compared to... Maybe we'll have access to our net worth, like <laughs> direct access to the banks and everything like that and they can say, well, they're not worth very much money. Yeah. You've got, <laughs> you got to plug in your
1: LinkedIn profile before you get
0: into the car. Yeah. Hey, I've, got, I've got more than 500 connections. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect. Welcome to episode 18 of Australian Design Radio to provide Australia and the world with conversations and commentary on Australian design. I'm Flynn Tracy and with me as always is Mr. Matt Leach. Hello Matt.
2: Good afternoon sir. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. We were just talking about comics so that was quite we fun. We were. We got really geeked out for
0: a second. <laughs> we did. Um, but, uh, but who have we got on this episode, episode 18?
2: Well this um, it was such a good talk and I guess we've got to be quick because we talked about a lot of stuff. Yeah it's this a bit of a longer one. It's so. a pretty, it's pretty heavy episode. So Talk to Buzz Osborne. Uh, he is super talented, super um, inspirational. Just He's really well known in the UX and the kind of digital areas. Partly for who he's worked with. So he's, you know, he spent a long time at Campaign Monitor. Uh, He worked at Skype. He did, like, a lot of icons for Skype. A lot of the icons we use are all all done by him. Um, And then he came to Australia with Mentally Friendly, basically, So um, and kind of spent some time there. But he's probably best known through digital agencies for Preview. So Preview is uh, his his own founded kind of application... Product. Product, yeah. yeah? Is that the word? Yeah. Um, And, yeah, so we talked a lot to him about... What it's like to build a product? I mean, it's been around for eight or nine years now, and, and you know how much has the industry changed, and how much does he, you know, need to keep on updating and all that kind of stuff? Because he's actually just left Campaign Monitor to so, uh, solely focus on um, Preview. Yeah, so, and and whatever else comes his way. And I whatever think, else comes his way, which is cool.
0: And um, yeah, we got a little bit geeky then as well. I think we're talking about self-driving cars and i got
2: pretty i'm pretty obsessed with those at the moment sure are,
0: so we'll keep it out of today yeah <laughs> keep it out of the next episode anyway um yeah we talked a little bit about sort of ux kind of this whole you know what's in a title as well because he calls himself a digital designer and so we talked sort of talked about pigeonholing ourselves and specializing and yep. generalizing and stuff which i think i think is some really good content in there Let's jump in. enjoy
2: So, let's jump into your real name. Let's just get it out. <laughs> get it out there at the very start. So, your real name is Peter. Pete. Actually, uh, that's not my full name. My right. middle name is Andre. Peter. What? No. Yeah,
1: yeah, I can prove that with a driver's license. Really? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> not even joking. Peter Andre.
2: No way. People so actually, that's oh. why you have to change your name. Yeah, not exactly. But it's, it's
1: a it's a, good, it's a good story. I mean, like... Uh, you know when you go to the RTA or something, and, and yeah. uh, they, they see your license, and they go, like, are, you, uh, are your parents naming you after Peter Andre? I'm like, we're the same age. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> but it's a really convenient thing to have Buzz, because I can not tell people about Peter Andre.
0: So, so tell us the story about, about Buzz.
1: Right. So, when I, was, when I was small, it was kind of like, a I guess, a pet name that, that I had wasn't really a thing that caught on, like my grand still knows me as Peter and like my parents have come to know Buzz but, you know, it was always just a bit of a like you know a bit of a nickname. Yeah. And then when I moved to um I think it was Greece, I, I did a few years living in Turkey in Greece, um, in the Mediterranean, teaching sailing. And one of the years, there was already a Peter on the beach, and there couldn't be two Peters for whatever reason. They, they were like, "Too complicated." you
2: are not allowed two
1: Peters. Yeah, yeah, it's too complicated for our guests. Like they, they only had like room for one Peter, and so I was like, "Hey, just call me Buzz. You know, Buzz is fine for me." And so I, I had the little name tag, of Buzz, and like I met all these great new friends, and like everyone knew me as Buzz, and, and you know, after a while, you start. Actually, responding to that name, and then someone shouts Peter, and you stop responding to that, and then you know, a year goes by, and it, you know that is your name. And then I went to university after that, and and back to being called Peter again. And then the first day of university, they put the uh, the register down on the table, and they were like, "Yeah, if you were called you know John, uh, and you know your actual name is Jonathan, you would pr- prefer to be called John, then just write that down on the uh, on the register, and then we will call you that name from then on." And so I thought, yeah, Peter. Pete, Peter, Buzz, whatever. So I just put down Buzz, thinking they were gonna call me on it, and they never did. And so, to this day, my degree transcript has got Buzz Osborne on it. Like <laughs> oh, Peter wow. does not exist. So, um, what about your license or anything like that? My license is still says Peter. Right. Um, but some credit cards say Buzz. It's it's a thing. Like <laughs> once you get one thing that says your new name on it, you can use that to get other things. So, of yeah, course, it's, yeah. Uh, it's become this this thing, but. I've never actually changed it It's. Um, it's a, I thought about it but I've been recently applying for citizenship in Australia and it's a whole thing you've got to prove names and you have lived and we've gone <laughs> yeah, and that, I could just, that could end up being a bit of a pain oh uh, yeah especially Buzz isn't actually a real name that anyone actually has so it's, it's <laughs> it becomes this really weird thing but it's pretty interesting that people don't know that that's not my real name wow
2: but, hmm. um, yeah. what was the famous astronaut Buzz Buzz Aldrin yeah right yeah. But is his name Buzz, or is that a nickname for him too?
0: No. We um, should get him on. Yeah. No, that's not his name. His um,
1: his name's Edwin. Yeah, right.
2: So, his yeah. nickname as well. So, talk more about sailing, because you, you kind of talk about it like, oh, it was just sort of sailing, but yeah. like, you were actually like a hardcore sailor. Oh. You? You, you were like, <laughs> is there such a thing? Yeah, well, I mean, because you worked with the Navy,
1: is that right, for a while? Or? That's right, yeah. So, I um, my, my dad was in the Navy, and I sort of grew up in sort of naval towns which is how I became a sailor Mm -hmm. and then I'm not really sure how it happened but I ended up just sailing a lot as a kid and um, it's a really expensive sport obviously you've got to buy boats and replacements and if you sail well you break stuff a lot of the time so (laughs) I, um, I ended up getting a sponsorship from the Navy I guess through friends of friends of friends and anytime I broke something I phoned a guy in the naval base and he came out with a new (laughs) mast or a new sail or something and they fitted it and the caveat to that was that my boat had this huge white ensign you know the navy's flag on the front of the boat which worked for me wow so um I sailed and I, I ended up teaching sailing because I um I wasn't particularly old, but I was too old to get into the Olympic squad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because at the time you had to be like super young or exactly the right age, and I kind of didn't fit that bracket. So I uh, I went into to teaching. And I kind of followed that that path, which was you know this this regimented. You got to become like you know level one teacher, level two, yeah. level three through the uh, the RYA, which which i did for a while and then then that took me to living in uh the mediterranean and teaching sailing over there which was which is really cool because for me it was um it was a chance to get away get away from um from where i was living at home um not specifically the house like my parents were great and stuff but it was just like <laughs> i kind of had itchy feet you know like as a yeah. kid we moved around a lot and so it just seemed to me like you know living abroad for a while seemed like a you know, a viable
2: idea. And so, um, just
1: went abroad, lived in the Mediterranean, lived
2: in Greece. But you've been quoted as saying that you gave up sailing because you couldn't see a future in it? What?
1: Yeah, I hadn't really thought about my future at all, actually. like I've <laughs> been I've been sailing for a good few years, I, uh, was sleeping in my boat for a, a good couple of months at one point, which is not comfortable at all, but um, <laughs> we used to just travel around in the car, sleep in the car, sleep in the boat, sleep on beaches, yeah, pitch tents, get fine by the police, been camping out at a roundabout at one point, like in the UK.
0: (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Really bizarre
1: stuff, yeah. (laughs) And uh, it it was like a really good life, you know, just sailing, just because that was what I loved doing. And I distinctly remember a couple of guys that I worked with, uh, they were, I guess they were a good 15, 20 years older than me. And... They w- they looked it, you know. <laughs> they looked it and they, they were weathered seamen. They were weathered for sure. And and they had nothing more than what I had. They had no plans. They had no sort of, like, you know, you always want to look up to these, you know, people who are 10, 20 years older than you yep. and thinking, you know, like, you've got to sort it out. And they just didn't seem to have it figured out. And it uh, just scared the head out of me. So, I think that was a good wake-up call for me to go, like, yeah, there's probably no actual future for me here. Mm. Like, maybe in sailing, like, teaching sailing, but not in doing what I was doing. So I kind of pretty fast after that jacked it in and then started designing, which
0: seemed like a pretty normal transition, yeah. To <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's lots of sailors out there who <laughs> became designers after a <laughs> while. Yeah. What. So you went and you went and studied? Well
1: I, I kinda had a um art background from school right. and that was pretty much it. Like I, I liked I guess I liked tech. You know, like, yeah, uh, we, we had the internet because my, my dad was, like, into internet things and, yeah. like, computers and stuff, but it was obviously the whole 26.6K connection thing, and I remember explaining to people what a search engine was and then thinking that the term search engine didn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, and, and we had one of those big computers that you could, like, order in parts, so we had, like, two CD drives that never worked, and, you know, it was one of those towers, <laughs> and I was always taking it apart and putting it back together, and... Yeah, that wasn't really design, but that was pretty much the
2: extent of what I was doing at the time. Right. It's, um, and it was it was in Cornwall, so I, I imagine, <coughs> I guess, things were fairly limited into what you could... I mean, sailing is like a key, yeah. key thing in Cornwall, but then, I guess, design... So, you went to Falmouth, yeah?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, at the, at the time I was doing all that, was in Portsmouth, which is right. a, a pretty similar sailing-type naval town mm-hmm. in the UK, and the what they called A-levels I think in, mm-hmm. in the UK yep. did this kind of like college type thing where I went in and basically did the easiest A-levels that I could find so I did geography English photography and graphics and graphics was bizarrely like graphic design which <clears throat> I think is pretty unusual but I think everyone who took it was there to slack off <laughs> and <laughs> As was I. And I kind of went there and I was like, this is really interesting. This is really fun. It was all, all the computers that I enjoyed using at home. Mm. It was kind of the internet. They had Photoshop 3.0 LE, which is like magical. So, they had that's, all the filters. That's what I learned on. Yeah. <laughs> they had all the filters, but like half of them were like grayed out. Yep. Y- you couldn't use Liquify or whatever it was. Which, But like I really enjoyed that that part of it. And, mm. But I managed to game the system because graphics and photography, I think, were modular. So, you could only... You could pass if you did a certain amount of stuff, and I did the f- what was required of me to, to pass the course in the first year, and in the second year I just went and lived in Greece or <laughs> right Turkey again. Like, oh, wow, nice! It was, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't resist, so I went and did that. Um, that's exactly what I did. I got fifty-one
2: oh, percent. Oh, and then the you're, worst, you're like, okay, my
0: stuff. yeah. Oh, that's one percent too much. What I was you think, thinking? I think oh, well, yeah, that's yeah, worked That's out. it.
2: <laughs> you, you had to at the start. You had to get pretty high marks. Yeah, but then the higher the marks you got at the start, then you know it worked out that you could slack off sooner. So <laughs> I, I grew up in good old Sydney pass fail situation. Yeah. Oh man, you missed,
0: yeah. you missed out. You've done so
1: much stuff. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um,
0: <laughs> I I I ditched on on my studies and Centrelink knew within the day. Really? Yeah. When you I when about I, moved, this. I this the other yeah. day, when I went I went to Korea and lived there for a while, and I didn't tell them because I stupidly thought I could get away with continuing <laughs> continuing to get benefits because I thought, well, they're so slack, they're so slow on everything that I want. Surely they're going to be slap on this? No, they were on the ball. That's clearly where they dedicate the large amount of their resources. And before I even landed in Korea, like, well, when I landed, there was an email from them saying, "Hey, we found out that you're going overseas and you have a three month visa, so we've." just paused your payment for now wow "Wow.
1: you guys are good that's awesome it's much harder to turn back on when i came back
2: back. (laughs) yeah so graphic design is not what you're known for though i mean if if i like you're you're known as a digital designer yep but i guess i'm interested because you went into graphic design first didn't you yeah well I, i did a degree in graphic design yeah and for three years
1: we learned about uh the history of art and culture communication studies and sort of really traditional um, design. I didn't have a laptop, didn't have a computer, didn't really have the internet. We didn't learn Photoshop. It was just all about process, just mm-hmm. about ideation and research and sketching and user groups and just talking with each other and just getting to the root of problems. That sounds like an awesome
0: Yeah, to- <laughs> I was just thinking that. <laughs> I kind of wish I did that. That's yeah. pretty cool. That, yeah.
1: I, I guess I didn't really know what I was going into, but... Everybody who um, who I respected at the time in in de- like design was talking about Falmouth and how like that's what they did and, mm. and all their teachers were industry right. leaders you know like Tractor you know yeah. so the people who taught were really really good graphic designers you know Lewis Mobley Pentagram they had some good ta- uh, like speakers as well come mm. by so it, it was really it was a pure graphic design course and I really I really dug that mm. uh, and I think it was only until the uh, the third year that they started doing like software um, lessons and
2: director and quark express and all that kind of stuff little quark but it's I mean it's funny that whole because um, I think I was taught computer programs right, right. so of came out and I was like I can do computer programs and I can, yeah, I can design. But then as soon as the computer programs moved on, I was like, I can't design anymore. Like, Man, it's funny. I had,
1: I had the complete opposite of that. I left uh, university thinking that I was obviously the best and, and I
2: took a job at a graphic
1: design agency and the first job they gave me was to, to lay out this little brochure in InDesign. And I, I knew Quark from looking over someone's shoulder at one time in the library and, and that was pretty much it. Mm. And... I was freaking out about that, and I picked it up. You know, it's it's computers. You know, how hard can it be? And it was it was pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> but but now I feel the opposite way because uh, you know you got you got students who come out of uni and they've um, they, they've learned Sketch and they've learned you know Photoshop and they've learned like all these tools and they can use them way better than I can. And I can't use Sketch. I have no idea how it works. It's hmm. um, it, I come to the opposite side of that now. Like it's. Um, that's quite
0: confronting <laughs> you 've got you 're in a pretty good situation now to give sketch a go right I mean it's two hundred bucks or something
1: no i 've got it it 's on my computer like, oh, right. I, I use it to um, to to nose on the designer's work That's uh, like in, in my team, like all these designers had all these sketch files, so I had to install it to see what they were doing oh right for. But, yeah of um,
0: yeah I, I could probably figure it out but yeah. <laughs> so did you, did you see was that a bit of a trend for the guys were they enjoying like using sketch over you know, traditional. Yeah, things? I think um,
1: I think it's been interesting for me that uh, it, it kind of comes and goes. You know, people are like really into InDesign or they're into Quark or suddenly they're into Illustrator right. or fireworks over Photoshop. It's kind of it comes and goes. And Sketch is obviously having its day, which is awesome because Photoshop does kind of suck for that, mm. um, for especially digital stuff. But um, you just can't beat pen and paper and research and sketching and thinking outside of a computer and that's that's kind of what i think gets forgotten sometimes with you know sketch is better photoshop is better sketch is better it doesn't really matter like nothing matters apart from you know the end product nothing matters i found a title for the
2: show yeah nothing <laughs> matters It's such a depressing title <laughs> sounds like a metallica song yeah. um so because that's really interesting you say that because we've been talking to a lot of people, a lot, of, a lot of creative directors, and, and they're all talking about this idea of, I kind of don't care what the team uses anymore yep. as long as they can get the job done it's and totally done it quickly and, and
1: I, th- I think I was quite as saying, is like you know, whatever you want to use to get the job done is fine. You know, if you want to whittle stuff out of wood, that is totally cool <laughs> provided that it is faster than the thing that I would suggest you use. You know, like, if you want to use Sketch, by all means use Sketch. If you want to learn to use Sketch, just don't do that on my time you know like you do it at home with we'll yeah. a sketch course or if, if such a thing exists you know but just do what's best for the job mm. uh, if um, I feel like some people people when they when they know too much about a thing you know like whether it's front end or if it's sketch or photoshop that's exactly where their like ideas lie is within the remit of what they can achieve with that program right whereas if you're kind of uh, i don 't know maybe this is a convenient thing to say from someone who doesn 't understand sketch, <laughs> but like if you let the problem and the brief you know dictate what you use, then that 'll be a
2: lot easier i think mm. but well i mean you, you were talking about before the whole you know that 's what really drives you that finding a problem and then trying to solve that problem
1: yeah i, th- yeah, I think that's um, that 's like the the theme to what I do is problem solving that's that 's what they, they taught me at Farmouth was problem solving mm. like, and that's I guess what drove me away from a lot of the agencies that I used to work for in, in the UK was they weren't really solving any problems they were ve- very big marketing agencies you know above the line um, digital and advertising they weren't solving any actual problems they were kind of making up problems right, <laughs> right. giving you the solutions <laughs> you made them look pretty and then you were moving on and that kind of sucked and, and so yeah I kind of look for problems now and try and find a way to solve them through digital if I can
2: so w- what about let's jump into preview so that's obviously what problem when that came about what, <coughs> 2007 or 2008 or uh, yeah I think about, it was about 2007 um, so, it, but
0: maybe sh- maybe we could tell some people what preview does yeah sorry <laughs> and how to spell it if people want to check it out because yeah. if they look for preview they're going to find their you know, the Mac, the, the, Mac, Mac, yeah, the uh, Mac application.
1: Well, that was it. Cause like I, I called it preview as in like the word preview, but that wasn't available as a domain. So I just renamed it to preview, which turns out is actually a, a word. It's like a matinee performance, like P R E V U E, like a preview. Oh, right. Oh. I don't know. It seemed like a good idea at the time, but now I'm regretting <laughs> not choosing something really cool in Silicon Valley, you know, like with a .co address or something. Yeah. Um, but no, that that was um, so previews uh, an image sharing tool that digital agencies use to sort of present their designs to clients, and it was that that is my own personal problem. So at the time, I was uh, a freelance designer in London and just sharing a lot of digital stuff with my own clients, and there was just no good way of doing it. I was making PDFs and sending PDFs to the client, and the yeah. client was seeing page one but not pages two through fifteen, or I was emailing JPEGs. And the, <laughs> They weren't downloading them, or they were corrupt, and so um, I, I had no idea how to code or anything like that. But I would read a tutorial once about uh, uploading um, like an image to to an, uh, an FTP server, and I was like, "Yeah, well, how hard can this be?" So I think I <laughs> I downloaded uh, like tutorial code, put it on a website that I had. It kind of worked, you know. Like I uploaded my images onto my FTP. I built this little hacky HTML thing that made it look like a. You know, the images were in the browser. And then I shared that horrible little thing with my clients, gave them a little URL. It was like buzzersborn.com forward slash whatever. And it worked, you know. It was it was good for like sharing my work with my clients. And so I used that for years. Like I I think I stole Basecamp's design. Like I viewed Source for their website, took everything, <laughs> re- replaced. How good's that? <laughs> oh, that, that is exactly how I learned how to code. It was amazing. And so like the first version of Preview looked like Basecamp. Yeah. Which also looked like crap. Um but that was that was previews for me. And then um I think I went into a lot of agencies at the time and I was like, Hey, I use this to share um images and they were like, Oh, we should use that too And so I kinda hacked it so that another person could view my account but my images weren't there, so like that was their account. Um oh, right. so it was like a really a terrible way of like making it into a an app I guess. And wow. that grew to about 300 people were using my account, but they couldn't see each other's images. It was all very hacky. And then <laughs> then it all broke. Um, <laughs> Did it? <laughs> yeah. So, um, and that was for a, quite a few years. But I, th- I, g- I guess the, the main point of why Preview exists and why it still exists is to share images with clients and have kind of a private conversation. Whereas nowadays a lot of tools exist whereas nothing did back then mm-hmm. um, a lot of tools exist now to you know envision for example you upload a bunch of images you create prototypes you share them with your team and you collaborate and that kind of stuff whereas I feel like the, the needs of agencies and freelancers are still quite different from that it's mm-hmm. all about having a private conversation having a very private place to share what you're working on and you know um, some of your thoughts and ideas and concepts and throwing them away or adding a few comments and just keeping that in your process Uh, and that's that's kind of where I've refocused you know for a while preview was about like you know just sharing images and being social and whatever else and that was not the direction that I wanted to take it in so now it's kind of refocused back onto agencies and it's about facilitating that client collaboration just in a much much better way
2: because I mean it looks huge now I mean in the sense of like you've you've got so many people using it it's like over twenty thousand sort of studios,
1: yeah, so there's about twenty five thousand people, wow, today, which is cool
0: it's um and that's has that just been steadily growing i was try, I'm trying to remember a number that you may have quoted years ago, yeah, um, so I think what well, that would have been about
1: five years ago, I yeah, I then, feel like it
0: was like five thousand or something like that,
1: yeah, I remember passing about five thousand around then, yeah. Because I, um, I think I had it as uh, like it was an invite-only type arrangement, right? Because yeah, it, it, I remember the, that. the code was so so bad, that, like <laughs> that that extra person who joined the app could destroy it for everyone. Like it was wow. literally like a house of cards. So it, that was the reason for invite-only. <laughs> and so I think there was about five or six thousand at that point. Wow! But then I took a job at Campaign Monitor, which meant commuting an hour and a half each way to Sutherland, where they were based, mm-hmm. and that meant being on the train with my laptop for an hour and a half with nothing to do and so I thought hey why don't I just rebuild preview given the (laughs) stuff that I'd learned in the years since making it and here we are so you built it from the ground up yep yeah Yeah. it it seemed like a good use of my time Mm. it took probably about six months I think taking it going oh my god I can't believe this worked and it still works somehow but like oh my god it shouldn't so putting it in the bin
0: (laughs) we were talking earlier about like having like a pretend google story that about you know the name Buzz and everything like that you can, you, you can kind of claim that Preview was designed and built on a train it, it entirely is built on a train <laughs> one of the best things
1: to come out of South o.
0: yeah definitely Like along with Campaign Monitor it's the best thing that City Ride has produced
2: I think <laughs> yeah. it's um, yeah it was it was a good train ride yeah, it's so funny. Like Nat living in the mountains, I just I for this season, I have to get in that I'm living in the mountains in every single episode.
0: Yeah. So where do you live? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's cold. But, but just seeing on the train, there's so many people working on stuff, like and a lot of coders. And yeah. It's kind of I'm kind of interested. Like, oh, I wonder what they're doing. And so it's almost like you could have like a little hub spot. Kind they're of. They're all working on pornography websites. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be perfect. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing. Like, I couldn't design
1: on on um, on the train. So, luckily, the, d- the design of Preview was pretty much done. It, okay, I was happy with how it looked. Yeah. But you can code on a train. Like, on a laptop, it's perfect for that. You don't need a right. mouse. You don't need a Wacom or anything like that. So, I was just tapping away, and it kind of worked. Wow. Well, you don't need the internet. You don't need, you know two screens like I'm I'm quite privileged now you know I've got my my nice glass desk and three screens and a Wacom pen like that's that's how I design you know yeah. like I, c- I couldn't possibly imagine designing like a train I know
0: how you I know <laughs> how you feel I'm like that at work now I've only got I've only got one big screen but I've got the biggest Mac screen and can, it's huge. great computer no. and I've got Wacom I, don't, I had to get a TV so, I, so <laughs> yeah that's right yeah Matt says. plugs into the TV when he comes into the studio but then yeah, and I'm just sitting there but I found that when I'm at home now and even though I've got a 15 inch Mac I'm like I'd rather go to work and that's yeah, I it felt, I felt like <laughs> such a Gen
1: Y yuppie it was like oh, a <laughs> laptop I couldn't possibly yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: exactly so it's it's very much more than um, I guess a startup now in, the, in a sense so was there a moment where you went oh wow this is this is kind of serious
1: yeah yeah I think um, so probably probably about two years ago now I started trying to f- think about where I was going to take the product you know it was used to share images primarily and I was trying to think about um you know why people were using it what they were doing there were what six seven thousand people using it and I wasn't sure how they were using it or why I just knew that they were and so I um I installed this tracking thing because everyone was talking about big data you know that was that was the next thing and you know thank god I listened at the time because it it is a it is a thing but um I installed a tracking code that I wrote that just said, you know, if you visited the homepage, then it says visit the homepage. Or if you upload an image, it said upload an image. And then I built a little, like, a uh, CMS, I guess, to report on who was doing what and when. And after about, I don't know, two or three weeks, I kind of went back and looked at this report and it crashed the database. And it was like, <laughs> people are doing something all the time, 24-7, yeah. 365, there's something happening. And I was like, oh, shit. This is way bigger than I thought it was. You know, like it's good to kid yourself that you have a website but no one visits it, and that's fine. But now, like, I'm so painfully aware that there are people who use it all the time. So I guess the day that I realised that I wasn't kind of like desperate for people to join the service, that people were using it and they were loving it and they were using it for a very specific reason, that was the day that I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'm I'm happy with where I'm at right now. I think it was a. I was at um Creative Mornings the other day and there was a quote from the Airbnb guys about uh it's better to have a hundred people who love your service than a million people who think you're okay. Yeah. And, and that particularly resonated with me it was like, you know, these people use it, they use it well, they love it, they're using it as part of their process, that's important to me, you know. So if I never get any new users that's fine. Mm. But I wanna make sure that the service is amazing for those guys. So, um I guess that's the day that I stopped really caring about Finding new users and making heaps of money—it was all about like making an awesome product. Yeah. Which is probably why I'm not like rolling in money or living on a yacht or something.
0: <laughs> well, you've already lived on a yacht, so yeah, already, you can only take that box. <laughs> so, so you what? Day two at preview, in a way. Seven seven years on, but you've worked two days full time. Seven, seven right?
1: years in two days, yeah. Wow. So um, I uh, I left my very comfortable, like amazing job at campaign monitor and. Yeah. Started Preview full-time yesterday after two weeks of buzz time, which turned out to be rubbish.
0: Uh, buzz time. Because <laughs> buzz, isn't,
1: buzz isn't, your, isn't your real name. Exactly, exactly, yeah. It, it was just, I'm a fraud. That was, it. Yeah, like just sitting on the beach crying like a single tear, looking S- at the ocean. It, staring at the mirror. <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> yeah, it was very under for a while, but um, yeah, so Preview is now like my full-time gig yeah. for a month. I've given myself a month to just try right. and... right do all the stuff that I don't have time to do or I didn't have time to do during my day job that I kind of need to get done that I can now prioritize mm. so it's kind of cool it's um, I've actually got a lot done in two days yes. really so you feeling good about it and I, I was yeah two weeks of you know not doing anything uh, was. sounds blissful I. Uh, <laughs> it sounded really blissful. Like that that's the, the plan was to leave campaign monitor. I was busy all the time, meetings about meetings and then <laughs> two weeks of just relaxing, thinking about life, reading Monocle, you know, like having coffees on the <laughs> beach and it wasn't like that. I just felt so restless like I wasn't achieving anything like there was all this stuff piling up around me that I knew I wanted to tackle but I just just couldn't for for no particular reason so after two weeks I just went completely insane Um, (laughs) actually we we just went to um I went like 300 kilometers north of Sydney this weekend just sort of like to celebrate the end of my time off. Yeah. And even then I'm running around the house, I'm cooking, I built a fire, like my pants still smell of like smoke. <laughs> like, I'm like, I've got ADD for sure. Like I just need to do something. So like preview has been amazing because it's been like a good outlet for doing a bit of design, doing a bit of coding, mm. building some new
0: stuff. I'm I'm pumped. I often wonder if we're training ourselves to be completely restless old men. <clears throat> you know we're going to get to a point where we can't do it anymore but we want to so we're just you know, like shaking <laughs> what are we talking about sorry
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: oh that's totally it. like
1: you know. it's it's sad in a way like i wish i could just you know chill out go for mm. a run read a few books learn a language <laughs> Yeah,
2: just, I've, I have I have got a chest of kind of stuff that's got like some video games in it. So hopefully there'll still be a con- console that I can still play on, or cool. books that I just haven't got time to read now, but like I want to. So it's like that's my old old man kind of chest. Oh right, that. <laughs> but I'll just I'll carry it around with me, and like just everyone see, will be like, what is what, what's this paper thing that you're looking at? And <laughs> it'll be amazing though, just that I, time to sit and
1: be I do old. like that. I I I think I I like the idea of it more than like actually doing it yeah yeah, yeah. my office like uh, i've got this like glass desk which is also like this bookshelf and i've got all these design books and logo books and yeah. like <clears throat> monocles and it's just everything is covered in a book that i'll never read like mm. but i feel good looking at it being like <laughs> yeah i could read that but i won't yeah but i could i gotta build be art and stuff <laughs> yeah i can read yeah i can read probably
2: <laughs> my my wife is one particular um it's a fantasy book and they're really big and it was the Robert Jordan Wheel of Time thing and they just kept on bringing out more and more and more and like there's like 13 and they're all huge and my <laughs> wife is and I bought them all it's to read when I'm old Right, and my wife said, "But what if you read the first one, and you don't like it? I'll be like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read the all. You're gonna, you're gonna, <laughs> gonna lie. You're gonna power pretend. Power through it. Yeah.
0: Wow, that was great. <laughs> yeah. On to the next. Yeah. Yay. I always kind of like the idea of having. I've got a terrible memory, and I'm wondering if it's gonna get worse as I go along. It may be fine, but I'm kind of like the idea there'll, of. There'll be an app for that. That'd yeah. I'll, I'll forget to download it or something. But I kind of like the idea of kind of stocking up your library with, you know, your. 50 favourite movies and your, you know, 20, 50 <laughs> favourite books or something <laughs> you're yeah. just watching them over and over again. Every time, the end of Shawshank Redemption I'm going to be like, oh!
2: <laughs> I didn't see that coming. <laughs> that what crazy. a curveball! <laughs> yeah, wow.
0: <sighs> wow. You know,
2: I'd love that. It's going to be such a different world when we're old. Hmm. I'm, I'm obsessed with the whole... I've been reading lots about the self-driving cars. Yeah. Just not because I want the self-driving car but just y- you think about what what it'll do to the whole infrastructure of our whole lives and society if everyone was in a self-driving car. So you no longer need to own a car because there's just a the self-driving car that'll come along and you can just jump into. Right. They'll be so precise that on a road that now fits two lanes, they'll probably fit four cars because they're so precise they don't need to... Yeah. So, I'm getting really kind of like, like you think about that and you think about, well, what sort of world we'll be living in and what sort mm. of jobs will we be doing? It's that kind of whole, because more and more, you know, the robotics, and I've been reading lots about sort of what robots are doing, although I think I don't think we're allowed to call them that anymore. But, <laughs> but yeah. will, will they get mad at you? Yeah. <laughs> But just that whole like, you know, as they start to take up more and more jobs, it's like you know, self driving cars right. for example, no taxi drivers. Yeah. You don't need any taxi drivers.
1: Mm. I don't know. I think um I think it it's exciting because not everybody's gonna have a self driving car and not like you but that's ha- the
2: danger. That's why we can't have them at the moment because they can't. Yeah, cool. They can't factor in what the human driver might do.
1: I, w- I was in an Uber the other day, and the t- the, t- the driver was telling me about um, how he reckons that uh, the main blocker for all that is the insurance. You know, if one self-driving car hits another self-driving yeah. car, like who pays for it?
0: And I was like, God, that's such a good. Point. Oh wow, that's you know, like, super interesting. Yeah. That's
1: such an old-fashioned problem to be blocking innovation. Yeah, yeah, but I guess that's the, that's what. Airbnb-facing and Uber and whoever it's, else. But it's, yeah. it's,
2: it's a whole ethics thing. It's like, um, yeah, and this is pretty common, it's been told a lot, but, you know, if there's a car, self-driving car, that's got maybe two elderly people in it and it's going down a road into a tunnel and just before it gets to the tunnel, someone, like a, a lady and her daughter, baby, sort of steps out onto the road, does the self-driving car go into the wall and kill the people inside of it? Or <laughs> does it just plough through? and so someone needs to make that call about which what the computer should do right like so maybe you need to tell risk. your car how
1: important you are before you get into
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. it, and it will decide
0: for you. It, it will rate you compared to... Maybe we'll have access to our net worth, like <laughs> direct access to the banks and everything like that, and they can say, well, they're not worth very much money. Yeah. You've got <laughs> you to you plug through. in your LinkedIn
1: profile before you get into the car. <laughs> hey, I've, got, I've got more than 500 connections. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, perfect. Yeah, so that, I mean, that's a major problem. That, that, and that, that'll st- I think that'll stop more and more kind of like big kind of technology of coming in because there are some ethic problem, ethical problems that we can't. Mm. Someone will need to make a call on, and once we make a call on it, it'll be fine. Like we'll just all get along with it. Yeah, but I think these are, these are good
1: conversations to have. I think I um, I spoke at Tractor like years ago um about digital design, and at the time, yeah. one of these new like visions of the future videos had come out. Like it was a Microsoft thing, and yeah. every single thing was a touchscreen. Like it was like a train station and the side of the train was a touch screen and a hologram and the taxi was a you know not really there there's lots of gesture based stuff
0: and yeah yeah Yeah.
1: and I was like this is not the future like the future is gonna be opt in not like enforced on you and how can everything be a touch screen doesn't make any sense but I think um, (laughs) yeah that's that's where digital gets like a bad rap I think where it gets really scary you know where like it's this thing that we're creating that's gonna take over our entire world and then we're Mm -hmm. gonna become like those fat people in um Wally. Wally, yes. Yeah. You now we're just living our lives through. It's like, such a
2: great example, isn't it? Yeah. Ah <laughs> <Like>, oh, <laughs> it's perfect. Man, that's but they, the, the thing that I'm, um, because I was, I was reading a thing recently and, and they were saying, like, don't worry about that because there will be other jobs that appear. It's like, you know, when, when America yeah. was first settled, like, 95% were all farmers. Hmm. But, you know, now now we don't need so many farmers. But all those people have other jobs. They do. There's other things they're kind of focused well, on. It, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like when people say, well, we're going to cannibalize our own
0: our own brand or our own thing it's like if we don't someone else is going to anyway yeah exactly so it's a little bit like that with innovation it's like well we shouldn't just try to hang on to the jobs and destroy innovation we
2: should innovate Mm. and try to adapt to the change and there'll be more stuff that comes up so
0: but I think
1: that's it like you know there is humanity to it as well you know the self-driving cars is, is awesome because you know I could go out drinking and then call my own car to come pick me up how cool would that be but at the same time I love driving I love it you know it's a tactical art and I love changing gears and clutch control and all that stuff
2: there's computer games for that yeah there is (laughs)
1: I've never played a computer game like I've really solitaire on my phone like I've never played wow really because my attention span is like crazy short so I can't deal with it (laughs) (laughs) but driving is like my thing you know I love it so I couldn't imagine a world where there was no option
2: to drive that doesn't make any sense yeah It, it'd be a weird it, I can kind of understand the driving a car thing um, but just the whole yeah motorbikes or something like these, I, I really enjoy that and yep. it's that kind of weird anyway completely off topic right <laughs> 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 motorbikes yeah that'll get me right now <laughs> so um, going back to you though graphic designer there was, was there a time that you th- went wow I'm a digital designer now and, and what, what where were you then and what happened so, I was at
1: a graphic design firm, like a little boutique um design firm that I'd got out of uni, where I was doing the the booklets and the brochures and the PR stuff and the brands and the letterheads and that kind of stuff. And then, because we were working f- a lot for PR, a lot of the, um, the jobs that came in also had this digital element to it, you know, like, it was really simple stuff, like, we want a landing page or we want... Uh, Splash really, yeah, a splash page, yeah, splash page. Wow, a, a flash banner or something like that, and so it was like an afterthought. It was after always, the always an afterthought. I, don't, you know? I mean, that's how digital was. It was just right. So yeah, like, wouldn't oh, it be nice yeah. to have? By the way, we, we we we've got this web address. You know, it's like. You know, something really important you know this massive company has got this web address and there's nothing on there and they're like here can you can you put something on there it doesn't even matter what yeah. it's like a color or something would, would, it's just would, one would, of those would, little hang. under construction yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> that, that was, animations right that would be fine yeah. except every single digital job that we had went to our digital guy who was mm. like this uh, this fat dude called Dave he lived in his mum's house from Wally he was in Wally yeah. yeah. <laughs> he probably was like, and he was getting a killing he was just make. he was cleaning up because he was just doing this HTML CSS stuff that no one understood stood and and it was coming back and it was not it's not impressive, you know, the design was bad and but it worked and so no one questioned it. And I was like, maybe I could do this. So I kind of I did the whole Dreamweaver WYSIWYG thing you know you can yeah. kind of cut up slices and stuff in We're Photoshop and it was kind of like a website and obviously there was no real standards or there was no mobile stuff so if it if it looked okay on your computer it would look fine on everyone's computer <laughs> yeah. probably yeah. Like, I don't know you don't know because you never looked at it on any other <laughs> yeah, computer like other testing. than the one that was I who cares <laughs> probably wasn't aware that Internet Explorer existed so like yeah. you know that's fine it works it works and that, yeah. and that was cool and I kind of really enjoyed it it was it was interesting working within the constraints of like Online versus, you know, it was, pre- it was to me it's the same as print. And you know, like print, you have like your colors and your separations and your your stock and whatever else, the things you could and you couldn't do. And those were kind of nice constraints to have because you couldn't go crazy. You couldn't have like, you know, six different metallics on the same page. And the same with web, you couldn't use diagonals, you know, you couldn't use custom fonts, you couldn't use circles or anything like that. So it was all very regimented. Mm. It was kind of like InDesign or Quark or whatever. So I I kind of like, I found it quite easy to transfer into digital at the time. So then I became the, the geeky kid in the studio that did all the digital stuff that, wasn't complicated enough to give to Dave, the coder, and I I don't know. Dave must have hated you. He must have really hated (laughs) me, yeah. I think he got the meaty jobs, you know, the ones that actually required a developer, you know, with the back end, the the CMS and that kind of stuff, but I think quite a few of the jobs that went through the studio that um, should have probably gone to Dave went to me as a freelancer as well, so um, I ended up doing a lot of website jobs kind of on the side as as a freelance geek. And then there was, a, there was a studio down the road from me called Large who were just known as a digital agency. That's all they did was digital. And I was like, how cool is that? You know, like mm. they're just doing digital stuff. They must have felt like a group
0: of magicians that got together every morning. and.
1: Well, yeah, there was that. <laughs> and also like the the owner was like this fashion mogul. He was called like, oh, right. Lars your Jensen. And he was like, Seven foot tall and bald head, and he had these crazy glasses, and he had these like mad ideas, and I was like, "This is awesome!" He was such a cool dude. You're
0: sitting there next to Dave the Dick, just going, "Oh man, I got to get out of here." Yeah, totally.
1: And so, like, I applied for a job there, and I got I got into like an interview, and they were asking what I knew about digital, and I was just like, just lying to them to their faces, just like, "Yeah, no, I know, I know know digital, and like I know about how to code, and you know, whatever else. Just hire me as a junior, and I'll you know prove my worth." And yeah, I, I kind of did, I guess, but it was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I don't really miss print. Um, but that, I think that was probably the last time I did print as a job.
2: Right. When I moved from that little agency to large. So would you call yourself because now you've moved on to kind of another space? I guess like you're you're, you're not. Are you are you doing <laughs> websites and all that? I mean, are you would you call yourself a UX designer now or?
1: Um, I'm not really sure so I um, I go by the term digital designer cuz it's broad enough and vague enough that I can uh, kind of hide behind it <laughs> the, the fact that I kind of do digital design I kind of do visual UX UI front end back end iconography like I'm not really sure but I think the fact that I call myself a uh, digital designer means that it means that I'm open to other stuff so I did uh, a big stint at at uh, Skype for like their icon language like, I think if I'd have called myself a UX designer, they would have gone, oh, he's not for us. Right. But instead, because I was a digital guy, they were like, yeah, he could probably do icons. And mm. I did icons for, like, nine months. Um, and then I went back and did UX for them. So, like, I guess um, I'm still reluctant to call myself a UXer, yeah. even though I probably am. Like, that's probably more what I do day to day.
0: Yeah, it's interesting having having people on. It's kind of like what's in a title is almost like you know a rose by any other name
2: yeah and then yeah. some people take it very seriously and kind very of very seriously yeah you know we i think we were discussing before we went on air just about the, you know that kind of i was talking about design thinking when that kind of like really kicked off and yep. how people were kind of i was saying like one person introduced themselves as a narrator of brands <laughs> and it was just that kind of like i mean that made it may have taken off <laughs> you never know we could have all been sitting here going brand narrator Thank god you. I
1: wish I was a narrator I wish <laughs> yeah. I was senior enough <laughs> but yeah like that's it everyone's a creative director or everyone's a storyteller or they're just a creative like mm. I don't think I don't think it matters what you call yourself as long as it's not pigeonholing yourself into like a really specific subset and I think that's that's what I worry about a little bit with sort of design students now is they feel like there's these jigsaw pieces that they need to accumulate you know I, yep this course in UX or this course in graphic design and then I need to get like
0: this that and the other and then I will be eligible for a job definitely and that's just not the case there's a lot of factors that come into that I mean if if you just did a quick google like on seek or anything and looked for digital design jobs Uh. if you look at agency websites they'll be really clear like if you went to Campaign Monitor, for example, or you know a digital agency, it'll be like, "Here's our job section. We're looking for a developer, yep. specifically front end developer. This is what we want. This is what we do." If you go to Seek, it's like, "We want to. You need to have five years for this junior position. You need to know how to code UX slash UI because oh. it's the same thing."
1: Yeah. You know, I was, I was I was reading some job specs recently. Um, you know, just thinking about my future and stuff. And and I was reading I was reading one and it was it was talking about like you need five years hands on like product UI design I was like yeah got that no problems and it was like you need uh, quantitative and qualitative research analysis and I was like what does that mean what- <laughs> I have no idea what that is. is is that research because I can do that I've been doing that forever but like I, I have no course in this and now I'm scared to kind of go like I-, I think I'm a UXer I actually don't know if I am though. no. like hmm. I don't think I'm qualified enough to call myself a UXer but it's scary like um the more reliance there is on names of positions then the more confusing it gets for everyone yeah but we found that when we were trying to hire for campaign monitor was you you follow the trends and you call people product designers and you get job applications for people who design tables or like (laughs) CD-ROMs or something Uh, like you go like a designer and you get like really good people or really terrible people it just there's there's no um, there's no good solution I
2: I I don't like when people though then say well I'm a, I'm a problem solver and they put that on the business card or that kind of thing it just feels like mm, yeah there's yeah. lots of problem solvers out I'm there a
1: visual magician
0: yeah <laughs> digital pirate i made that mistake the business cards i came out of uh, of tafe with were design problem solver yeah i'm gonna shoot myself in the head it was on um like years later when i look back at it but i think that was on my abn it was like problem solver or something like right. that. right I just want to go back and punch yourself in the face. <laughs> nice. but it's horrible. Then
1: I, but then I called like an Uber black driver, a driver the other day, and he didn't like that. He liked he he, he got really offended because he was like a chauffeur or uh, something really? really specific. And I was like, ah, oh, it's just not it's not just us. It's everyone. Yeah, like, yeah There's this whole identity crisis that like you need to be defined by something now, rather right. Than what you've done. It's like I'm a black chauffeur or whatever it was like. Yeah.
0: I so it's, it's it's like a, almost a st- scary question. I I have it all the time because I can never explain exactly what I do every day. I'm pretty sure my boss doesn't even know what I do all day. Like it's just, what exactly do you do? It's like, well, let's take a seat. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to take a <laughs> while. A and we're, this. we're both going to regret that. having the conversation. It's going to be really boring. <laughs> but it it is it is tough to answer that question. What do you do? That's that's totally. It. I've I've no idea. Like I solve problems through
1: design. Like if that problem is solving something by writing a bit of code, right? right? Like, if that's PHP, then I can do that. Like, but if it's doing a sick icon or writing a bit of copy, then I can do that too. Yeah. But, I don't know what that falls under. Is it design or is it
2: UX or UI? I guess it's hard to sell as well in the whole, like, you know, when you're talking to a client, you know, I guess in some ways they want to know what they're buying because they have to tell someone else. They have to tell the accounts department what yeah, they're buying. Yeah. And they have so, to sell on yeah. the story. You got just a designer?
0: You sure. should have got a UX specialist. <laughs> Man, that's totally it, isn't it? Yeah. Like,
1: yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm pricing myself out of, uh, of the job.
2: <laughs> so, what, so what happens next? So you've got a month and preview is going to go Amazing. And and it's so. gonna be like we'll be we'll be watching like a biography kind of movie about you and, <laughs> Um But what, what what happens if it
1: doesn't? I, I fully expect it to not go like amazing. I um I just wanna work on preview you know, Just do like a cool bit of design, solve some problems for some real people that have that specific problem. Yep. And move on to something else. But that something else is probably something in the product space that like, I want to find decent problems worth solving I think that's that's probably the main thing for me is I don't want just another another job um, there's, a, there's a lot of interesting stuff happening now especially in, in Sydney in, in product world so um, I'm not really sure I guess I might some great tables this. out there <laughs> <laughs> yeah great tables and like you know chair design going to product design like, with cha- champagne monitor <laughs> make, oh man that, I think my wife takes credit for that she's a packaging designer she was like maybe champagne monitor yeah clever I'm just not that creative. See, (laughs) Um, yeah, maybe I don't know. I I I honestly don't know. And I think that was that was part of the reason that I left campaign monitor was because I wanted something else. You know, something that was challenging, like the next challenge. Like I've always I've gone through these sort of like four or five year sprints to use product terms. Like. You know, these. Um, I'll do something as well as I can do, and then I'll quit and do something else, and be terrified for the first couple of years because I'm not sure what I'm doing, and then I'll, you know, do that for a bit, and then move on to something
2: else. So it's kind, of, it's kind of the, the kind of formula for mastery, isn't it? Is
1: yeah, I guess so. I think it was. It's 11 years, isn't it, for mastery? Like yeah. I'm not quite mastering anything. I'm just kind of <laughs> doing it and then disappearing and doing something else. But I did sailing and I did design. So I guess I'm not really sure what's next. But I'm open to options, I suppose, is the next thing. But previews, you know, it, I'm fortunate that it pays my rent. So, like, I don't, I'm not in any kind of huge rush to find the next big thing.
2: But, um, I mean, I think it's just lovely that you've got something that's yours that you sort of created from the ground up that you now got time to actually kind of spend time on like all all that kind of i think i've been noticing more and more you know i've got these skills i've I've built skills up and i'm kind of using them for other people who who pay my salary but yeah it'd be great if i could do it for like my my parents or you know my friends or you know that kind of like that's totally it and i think I, i get so much more satisfaction out of solving
1: problems you know small problems preview whatever it is than i do just making a lot of money doing something really vapid for a you know agency or something, um, which is what I used to do in London, which I'm not particularly proud of, you know, the the brands and stuff that I was creating just for a quick buck. Mm. Whereas now, you know, I make next to nothing, but I create, you know, today I launched new projects for preview so they're like a sick new look and hopefully they'll help customers, clients, add more feedback and that kind of stuff. But like that fills me with such pleasure, you know, like I feel so... Happy that people may use that, and agencies that I know and love will use that thing with their clients. I I I'll happily be on you know noodles and whatever else for dinner <laughs> for the awesome. sake the <laughs> for the sake that I've just got this thing out there and it's working and I think that's awesome.
0: That's great. I think actually, yeah. We'll probably wrap things up yeah that's and thank you so much thank you guys yeah. it's been awesome thanks for coming along so and we'd like to thank you the loyal listener that we haven't addressed in 50 minutes of talking to Buzz <laughs> um, for listening to Australian Design Radio so can we go around the table uh, Matt where can people find you after the show Twitter Leechworth. yep cool and Buzz what's, what are you on Twitter Twitter Buzz Osborne Buzz Osborne cool what's your URL at the moment I think um, I remember you got a pretty good one didn't you I got digital.design but I'm in a legal battle now about what how the I, hell did you get Digital
2: Dot Design? Sorry, let to s- s- talk about
1: this. I sat on it for a while, and I went to some auction, and I uh, yeah, it was, it was a whole thing. Wow. Um,
2: wow. Yeah. But, but you're in a legal battle now.
1: Yeah, because they took it away from me because they were like, oh, it was t- it was too hot, you couldn't have it. So wow. But I paid for it, and then they, they decided that it was too hot. So, but I still I have it now, so I still
0: have it. So go to Digital Dot Design. Bam. <laughs> Doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> um, Great, fantastic. And you can find me at flintracy.com, a much less glamorous URL, and on Twitter at F-L-Y-N-T-R-A-C-Y. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you have one, yeah. You can find this episode and more at australiandesignradio.simplecast.fm and you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at AUSDesignRadio. If you have any suggestions for topics or guests or anything you'd like to ask us about the show or you just want to reach out, we'd love to hear from you. So you can email Matt or Flynn at AUSDesignRadio.com Until then, thanks for listening to Australian Design Radio. Thank you. Thank you. See you guys.